Welcome to the Embracing Your Unlimited Possibilities podcast, the podcast that will rock your world. I am Carol A. Briney, and I am honored and humbled to be your host on this journey. It is my passion to help you to hear and follow your inner guidance so that you can live the life of your dreams. This podcast asks the question, do you remember who you were before everyone told you who you should be? I am here to remind you of your intimate connection to Source. You, my friend, are a divine being having a human experience here on Earth, not the other way around. And just in case you cannot see the divine in yourself, I will be here to hold that vision for you until you can see it too. Joyous greetings and welcome to the Embracing Your Unlimited Possibilities podcast. I am your host, Carol A. Briney, and I am thrilled to be here with you as we walk down our path of never-ending joyous expansion together. My guest today wears many hats well. She is a speaker, author, and business strategist. She is the founder of Leadership Academy for Women and Pittsburgh Professional Women. She is a columnist for the Pittsburgh Business Times and Smart Business Magazine, as well as a global instructor with the Steve Harvey Success Institute. This awe-inspiring lady has won several prestigious awards and accolades, including 40 Under 40 and the Pennsylvania Women of Courage Award. Please welcome a woman that I am proud and honored to call friend and a lady that I have admired for years, Beth Caldwell. Hi, Carol. Thank you for having me. I am thrilled that you're here, Beth. Beth, we are going to jump right in uh, to questions because, you know, this it's a short show. It's only about 30, 35 minutes, and it just flies by. So with your permission, I'm just going to start the questions. Is that okay with you? Yes, definitely. Great, great. Beth, many times when I speak, afterwards people come up and say, Wow, Carol, that was really inspiring. But you just don't understand my life. You don't understand how bad things are for me. So the first question I often ask my guests is, can you tell us a little bit about your journey to your success? Because I know, you know, I am saying this tongue-in-cheek, of course, but I know that it was just perfect. You had no pitfalls and no challenges, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, there were many, many times in my um, in my life, uh, well, let's just say I, I had my life, I made life difficult on myself throughout my 20s and 30s. And mainly I made it, there were life circumstances that were difficult for me at that time, um, for example, divorce and um, a son with some health challenges and some developmental challenges and financial challenges. You know, I had all those those kind of challenges in my 20s and 30s, but my biggest challenge in my 20s and 30s was myself because I um, forever was criticizing myself, comparing myself to others, trying to be somebody that I wasn't, trying to fit into social groups that I did not fit into. And it really wasn't until I turned 40, around that time is when I decided to embrace my gifts 
and see if I could find happiness that way. And, and life just got so much easier when I started to do that. Um, so I had the, the same issues that everyone has. You know, we all have life crises. For mine, it was divorce, uh, um, health challenges, financial changes. Other people have, have other cha- challenges, but I think we have sort of universal feelings of disappointment, discouragement, uh, feeling criticized, um, feeling heartbroken, or feeling um, like you don't fit in. I think that those kind of feelings are universal to us, no matter what puts us in that situation. Does that make sense? It sure does. So, yeah, I, we I can say... Um, I always say that I, uh, I I work with Steve Harvey, the comedian, and a wonderful, wonderful um, success mentor. And he always says, you have to climb the stairs to success. You can't take the elevator. And, um, and I agree with him. But I think for the first 35, 39 years of my life, I was in the wrong building, climbing the wrong staircase. <laughs> and so, you know, the, the whole idea of, oh, I can't believe I tried this and it didn't work. Let me start over again. Oh, that that was at times very discouraging. Well, and you know we all have those failures, but the successful people learn to fail forward, like you did. You know, I've had failures too. I have some epic failures, actually. Um, but when you learn to fail forward, you take those failures and you take the feedback that you got from those failures, and you go out and you try again. You Find something that that resonates in your heart and in your soul, and you go out and you do it again, using that feedback so that you don't make the same mistake twice. Mm-hmm. I would agree, Carol. I would agree with you. You know, you say that people come up to you when you're a speaker and say, "But, but, but, but." Well, for me, and I'm sure this happens for you too. Um, people see me in the on on the stage or in front of an audience, and they just think that. Everything was easy for me that I've always been this woman that I am today. And I used to make the same mistake when I was sitting in audiences, too. I would think, well, of course it's easy for her. Look at her. I mean, she has five books. She writes for a newspaper. That's, that's what I would think of me 20 years ago. And the truth is, is that we are all so alike. And I think, except for maybe in the way we handle failure or discouragement. And so... So people often look at me and they think, sure, it's easy for you. And I think it's because I have never let failure hold me back. I just say, hmm, I think we're going to do it a little different next time. Uh, That didn't work out the way I planned to. Next time I'm going to do it this way. I do have that sort of an attitude. I don't think that everybody has that. And I'm not sure if I was born that way or if I learned it. Um, but I think that when I was uh, on my own after my divorce, I really didn't have any choice to sit around. I didn't have the option to sit around and, and wish things had worked better. I had to make enough money to pay the mortgage and the car payment and put food on the table and all those kind of things. So I didn't really have time to, although I'd had a lot of time to beat myself up. I have to think about that. Maybe that's another show. I didn't have time to sit around and feel sorry for myself as far as my businesses went. I had to just try something else and, until we got it right. Well, you you know, Um, I was just going to say, I'm going to interrupt you just for a second, because I I think that that our listeners need to hear that you said you had no choice. But in reality, there's always a choice. You could have chose to stay down. 
You could have chose to go on welfare and said, oh, woe is me. You could have chosen to give your kids away. You had lots of choices. (laughs) You just made an empowered choice. Oh, thank you for that. Well, I just had a little breakthrough. We both had a little breakthrough at the same time there because uh, what I was thinking is uh, when I decided to – when I hit close to 40 uh, and I decided I was going to stop – quit the job that I hated – and stop trying to fit in with the rest of the world, it got a lot easier. My failures were far, far less when I really embraced my purpose. So that's kind of interesting. I I don't often sit around and think about these things, but uh, there haven't been many failures since I've decided to do what I was meant to do. And that's good. I still have failures once in a while, uh, even though I am living my divine purpose. Um, But once again... When you take great big giant action, you get those lessons. And that contrast is what helps us to grow forward all the time. And and if you never fail, if you had never failed in your life, you would not be where you are today. It's just, it's a fact. Everybody needs to fail to have that contrast. If you don't know hot, how could you know cold? So, failure is a good thing. It's not the bad thing we all make it out to be. I often hear you tell women that you can have it all, Beth, just not at the same time. Can you share a little more about that? That is one of my favorite sayings. You know, uh, I have women often come to hear me speak or, or they're, I, I'm working with them as a coach or consultant and they're just, but, um, but I can't do this and I try to do this and I can't do this and I can't do this. And I remember when I had this huge, huge breakthrough, you know, Carol, you already know that we teach the lessons that we need to learn. And many years ago, I'll say maybe 15 years ago, I, both of my boys were playing baseball and if you guys, anybody listening knows what the baseball situation is like, that's that's a serious time commitment, um, times two with two boys on two different teams. And we were at the field, which was just five minutes from my home at the baseball field, and we had a short rain delay. And there was a woman that I had chatted with and made friends with, just met her that day. Her son was on the other team. And she was pretty distraught. She was really stressed out, as, as we like to say, that term that we like to use. And... Um, and so I just said to her, you know, the boys were playing in the playground. I said, why don't you come to my house? I was going to come home and get some more drinks for the boys. Why don't you ride home with me and uh, we'll have a cup of tea. And so we were sitting across the table, and she pulled out of her tote bag something that was very familiar to me. Uh, this was, of course, before the days that we all had laptops and cell phones that where we kept our list. She pulled out a legal pad with pages and pages and pages of lists of things that she needed to do and accomplish. She was a really ambitious woman, had a lot of goals and very, very similar to myself. And and it looked familiar to me because I had a very similar-looking legal pad in my own tote bag. And I kind of grinned when she pulled it out, and she was saying, but but this and but this and but this, and I tried this and I couldn't do this, and I just patted her on the hand, and I said, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let's take a look at this list. If I were working for you, could you, would, it be, would you expect me to accomplish all of these things in one day or one week? And she said, what I knew she was going to say, because I had said this to myself many times, she said, oh, I would never ask somebody else to do this. This is for me. And at that moment, I I almost broke out in tears because I had been saying those same words to myself for so long. 
and I said, this isn't realistic. You can't do all this right now. Let's spread this out over a realistic amount of time. And, and when you're making your list of things to do, let's pretend like you're giving it to somebody else and not you because your, your expectations of yourself are unfair and unreal. And as I was saying it, I thought, Beth, you're such a hypocrite. You need to take this advice, right? And I instantly did, and things really changed after that because I would begin that pattern that I had created over the years um, of, and you need to do this, and you need to do this, and it needs to be perfect, and keep on writing it down. Oh, and while you're doing it, do this too. And I started going, okay, let's be more realistic about this. Let's do this three things today instead of 33 things today, and let's do three things tomorrow instead of 33 things. And um, so life's slowed down a little bit. And for those people who know me personally, noticed that um, although that wasn't an easy new habit to bring in, it was a habit that was important to bring in. And I'm much less frantic than I used to be. And I don't beat myself up as much as I used to because it was a really important realization that um, we, we've, as women, we want to be all and do all. And you can. You just can't do it all in one day. You can't do it all in, in one week. Um, if you have little children at home or if you're caring for grandchildren, you, you can't be the super corporate career superstar if you want to be the super mommy or the super grandmom. You can do both. You can't do them both well at the same time. Great wisdom. Ladies out there, hear that. Stop beating yourselves up because you can't do it all. No one can. Wonder Woman is a myth. Yeah, and I think are, another thing that women women do that uh, that I, I have also struggled with, and that is um, doing things that you're, you think your neighbors think you should do or you think your family thinks you should do um, or you think the people you go to church with or the people you work with. I see so many women making decisions based on what other people will think. Really important life decisions. Where will I go to church? Who will I marry? Should I stay married to this person who abuses me? Because if I, if I don't stay married to him, what will my neighbors think? What will my son's teacher think? What will the softball team think? These are people that in the long run really are ultimately don't matter what they think because uh, I came to the conclusion when I had to make some very difficult decisions that you know the only people that I really and truly answer to in this world are God and my two children. And when that became very clear to me, um, it became a lot easier to make those difficult choices. Those are really the only two people that I need to answer to in the end. And um, I think too many of us continue to make choices based on what will other people think. Well, those who have listened to my show for the last few months know that my favorite line is, whatever anyone else thinks of you is none of your business. We talk about that all the time. I actually have done a whole entire show on that because it's so important for us to all learn that the only person that you are responsible for keeping happy is you. Once you are happy, it will ripple out around you into your family, into your community, and into this world. When you are happy and living a joyous life, you will automatically make this world a better place. It's so powerful. So thank you for sharing that. Hey, Beth, we're going to take a really quick short break, and we will be right back. 
buying or selling a house is likely to be the biggest transaction you will make in your life. So why not choose a realtor that can make the entire process both profitable and enjoyable? Dion Malish and her team are not your traditional real estate agents. If you are buying a home, Dion and her team focus on out-of-the-box thinking to find you a home that suits your wants and needs. If you are selling your home, Dion has a proven marketing system that consistently helps her to sell the homes she lists for up to 18% more and in less time than most. Dion prides herself on keeping in touch with her clients every step of the way to ensure that whether you are buying or selling, the process goes as smoothly as possible. By choosing Dion Malish to represent your real estate interests, you will be choosing to partner with a buying and selling expert who will serve you with award-winning experience and respectful and conscientious service. Have you ever felt stuck? Have you ever felt like good things happen to everyone but you? Have you ever wanted things in your life to change? If you answered yes to any of these questions, check out Carol A. Briney's book, Embracing Your Unlimited Possibilities, A Handbook for Life. For an autographed copy, go to carolabriney.com and simply click on the book. This powerful book is also available at your favorite online bookstore. Remember this, your life and your business will only grow to the extent that you are willing to learn and grow personally. So get your copy of this awesome book now because you are here to shine and you'll never know how many lives you will impact by allowing your life to shine. We are back, and I am speaking with professional speaker, author, and business mentor, Beth Caldwell. So, Beth, what advice do you have for women who live their life feeling guilty or frustrated all the time? And, you know, they feel like they're not reaching their goals. I mean, we talked about this a little bit before the break, but do you have anything you'd like to add to that? Well, you know, there have probably been hundreds and hundreds of books written on that topic, and most of them I've probably read. But to simplify it, and I'll tell you what works, I can only tell you what really works for me. Um, When I begin to feel frantic or when I begin to criticize myself, uh, I've gotten gotten really good at staying out of that phase, that thought phase. And so now when, when those negative thoughts kind of start to trickle into my life, I I notice it instantly. Um, Sometimes you can get into habits like this and not even realize what you're doing, which is where I was for a long time. Now I notice if I start to feel a little bit cranky or if I start to feel irritable or I start to feel frustrated with myself, I, I immediately pause and say, what happened here? How did we get here? And always, 100% of the time, how we, meaning me, got here is because I accepted too many uh, um, invitations, are trying to do too many things at the same time, being a little bit unrealistic. This is a tendency that I have tended to do my entire life. And um, so the first thing is, number one, be aware. Recognize that the habits that you started are the habits that you've restarted. And the the first thing I do is look at my calendar and see where I can catch some breaks and I block some time immediately. Um, the second and 
fun and simple, simple thing to, to do that can actually change the way you're feeling instantly is I pause and look at what I'm grateful for and all the things that I have. So when I start, when my mind starts to go to um, all the things I don't have and all the things I haven't done, I immediately go, wait a second, wait a second, look at what I have done. Hold on a second. You just wrote two books in a year. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the uh, the the basement is really messy, but you wrote two books this year, <laughs> and so or or uh, oh, I can't believe I didn't achieve this financial goal, but I just bought a brand new car. So I try to balance things out. With first, I look at what I have accomplished, and and then I look at what I have to be grateful for because I truly have created a life that a lot of people dream of, and certainly one that I dreamed of for for years and years and years and years. And so looking what I've, I've accomplished, um, looking at what I'm grateful for, and then taking a little bit of a break, taking a break, just walking away from work for a bit, and um, getting some outside time, getting some time with the people I love, and, and then coming back and trying to be a little bit realistic about what it is that I want to accomplish and what the time is um, available to do that. I do have an awesome coach that I work with who also is a very high-achieving woman who has a family and has the same values that I do. And so sometimes that it might involve a phone call to her to get back on track. But uh, I, I've done this so many times, Carol, I, I sort of have the pattern down. I think the most important thing, though, is to recognize that it's happening. Sometimes we can get into these, these funks and not even realize that we're in it. And that is so true. And and recognizing it is, I mean, that's great advice again. Uh, ladies, listen to this wisdom. I know we have lots of gentlemen who listen to, to this show also. Uh, this time we're a little more geared toward ladies. But guys, you too. You're not as bad about those to-do lists. You know, I've never had my husband come home and say, oh, look at my to-do list. <laughs> I don't know how I'll get it all done. But guys... If you are someone who tries to do too much, also listen to this advice. Beth knows what she is talking about, and it's very important. And for those of you who listen to this show all the time, you know that gratitude is a game changer. Gratitude can turn your life around on a dime. So, Beth, thank you so much for sharing that. It's such an important point. Um, I love that you're kind of just reiterating all of my strong points here that I'm making because I love when successful people come on and let people know they became they became successful and that they use these tools too. Beth, you have things going things going in your life. I, I've known you for a long time. I know that you've really had a great career, um, and we talked about some of the ups and downs. But what are some of your big aha moments in your life? We all have those aha moments where, you know, sometimes I say I have to be hit with a baseball bat, you know, to catch on sometimes. But sometimes it just comes gently and easily, too. What aha moments have you had? Wow. Okay, so uh, as I'm thinking uh Really, some of my personal relationship things are coming to the top of my mind, so I'm going to share them since since that's what I'm inspired to share. Um, I'm I'm in a wonderful relationship with the man I've been in a relationship for uh, with for many years. Um, we're both of us were in disappointing relationships 
before. And what, one thing that I noticed, um, he noticed early in the career in our relationship. Oh, can you tell I don't like talking about my personal relationships? I'm getting nervous here. <laughs> but I think this is important. Um, early, early, just a few months into our relationship, um, he would point out to me that I was expecting the worst. Like I was actually expecting him to be not nice to me. And that's Carol because that's what I was used to. And I, I had sort of, I guess, in my subconscious, made up my mind that all men were not nice, that all men were going to be mean to me, that all men were going to use me, that all men were going to be selfish. And um, I guess I had made up my mind that all men were going to hurt me emotionally is what I mean, not physically. But I think, So I think that he, he pointed out to me that um, why are you always expecting that I'm going to do something mean to you? It's like you're prepared. You're ready to, you're ready to um, respond. And, and he's a very kind person. His nature is very, very kind. In fact, we're so similar in, in our um, states. Of, we're different. We're opposites, but we're very similar in our core as far as in our values and our family values and that sort of a thing. And so it was interesting because a couple of years later, when we got a little bit more serious, um, he started expecting me to treat treated him, treated in past relationships. It was it's really interesting how we have expectations and emotions attached to almost everything. You can actually attach emotions, you know, to a spoon <laughs> when you're stirring your soup. That, that can remind you of a relationship or an instance or something that happened before, and you actually will ex- your subconscious will expect that to happen again. And letting go of those unrealistic expectations, or in my case, um, I think they were to protect me from being emotionally hurt, letting go of those, oh, my gosh, that was so hard. That was so hard to do. To trust is actually what it is. Being able to trust that things are going to work out for favor. And um, and another thing, there are two things popped up in my mind instantly when you asked me that question, and I want to share the other one, too, because I think it's very important. Um, when I was married, I, I thought that I would be married for the rest of my life. And when I bought my first house with my husband, I thought we would live in that house for the rest of our lives. I picked, we picked a school district that we wanted to raise our children in, and um, that, that was not to be. And I wound up moving from a beautiful home, five-bedroom home, in the suburbs on a cul-de-sac into a, um, a second-floor apartment with no washer dryer, no air conditioner in the in the inner city, and I just made my goal right away. Okay, before Brian turns five years old, we're going to move. We're going to move out of the city. Before Kevin, then it was like, okay, well, before Brian turns six, we're going to move out of the city. And things never really worked out for me to move out of the city and move into one of the school districts where my children, children, my cousins had their children, and. I always worried that it wasn't going to be educated enough. The education wasn't going to be good enough for my children. I'm almost starting to cry now as I think about it. But what happened was that the kids wound up um, going 12 years through public school, and all that time me saying, I wish I could do better, I wish I could do better. And what happened was when they got into college, we started um, seeing kids who had gone through 12 years of excellent schools, who couldn't function in college. And my kids were thriving as independent young men, and they're thriving now. And I thought, oh, my gosh, everything is okay. 
uh, Brian learned skills in public school that he would have never learned if I had isolated him out into a very exclusive school. And um, that's, that was really big. That was really big. And I'm so proud of my boys. I mean, I'm sure you're going to ask me what I'm most proud of eventually in this, in this, um, in this interview. And part of my purpose, it's, it wasn't my only purpose, and I want you women to hear this who are raising children, uh, part of my purpose and probably the most, one of the most important things I've done is to raise my children and raise them well. And um, but now they're raised and they're doing well, and of course I will always be their mom. And and um, I'm able now to focus those energies and those efforts that I put into my sons, into my books and into my programs for women and into my speaking career. And um, and I'm able to do that. And I think that um, it goes back to my sort of theme of let's do one thing and let's do do, do things well now and then we'll do other things well later because there's always going to be more time. Um, I know that isn't actually factual. There isn't always going to be more time, but I think, and I, I think men might be listening to this going, what is she talking about? Because men are really good at just doing one thing at a time, aren't they, Carol? I, I know you're married. Oh, yes, they're the best. They're the best. I love, I, I learn so much from my husband. I truly oh. do. Watching him and how how he reacts to life is a great teacher for me. And I would agree with you. Uh, um, we can learn a lot from men. You know, there are things that men can learn from women about about things too. But when it comes to this multitasking insanity that we women have, uh, it, we can learn a lot from men uh, from that. And I do take a, a lot from the special guy in my life. I take a lot of lessons from him as well. So that's another thing that we have in common. Great, great. Well, you know, thank you once again. Great wisdom. Um, great. I think that that people can feel your passion and what you do in in the progress you have made and your journey to success. Let me ask you a little bit about your leadership academy. You are the founder of the leadership academy, and uh, explain to people what that is and how they might benefit from learning about that more. Oh, wow. Now, Carol, you might not get me to shut up now. This is really, really something that I love, and that is my Leadership Academy for Women. And I want to try to explain and tell a little bit about how it came about. Um, About six or seven years ago, I had attended uh, a leadership graduation uh, party for a woman, a young woman that I was mentoring. And I walked in, and I saw what they were doing, and it was good what they were doing. It was good what they were doing, but it wasn't what I expected. Of a, of a leadership program. And as I walked around and I saw what they were doing, I had this thought in my head that said, you should do a leadership workshop for women. And I, I don't know if you answer your thoughts, but in my head I answered my thought and said, oh, yeah, sure I should. I should do clean the basement too. <laughs> like, what, do I really need one more thing to do? And, uh, but that thought, that prompting would not go away. And I kept having that thought. And I started then in my time where I was, you know, my mind wasn't engaged. Like, for example, if I were driving or taking a shower or, uh, you know, cooking, anytime I was doing something that wasn't work-related, this idea would just keep sort of 
you know, at first dripping into my mind and then kind of pounding on my mind about Leadership Academy, Leadership Academy, Leadership Academy. And so I had this thing, I had started this new program that I mentioned earlier about not overbooking myself and trying to be very realistic with what I was expecting. And so I had this inner battle. You should do Leadership Academy. You shouldn't do Leadership Academy. You should do it. And it was, it was sort of a becoming an obsessive thing with me. And I have learned to listen to the promptings. I have learned to do that. So, um, so I started thinking, is this possible for me to do? Um, I, I've gotten really good, Carol, at asking myself questions and just waiting for the answers to come and listening to that wisdom that comes to me uh, through the universe or through God or through the Holy Spirit, however, however you see that as happening. And so that wouldn't go away. And I found myself at a, at a lunch meeting with some women who were with a different organization in Pittsburgh, and they were saying, hey, Beth, you do such a good job at, at putting together workshops, and we do a really good thing, a job at social events. Is there something we could do together? And I said, well, I've been thinking about Leadership Academy for Women. What do you think of that? And there were six of them, and they all just went, oh, my gosh, we have to do that. And, uh, and so that gave me the courage. Having a partner to begin, to begin it with gave me the courage to do it. I will tell you, Carol, I believe it is the most important thing <clears throat> that I've ever pulled together for women ever. Uh, we've just graduated our fourth class. It's a 12-week program. We meet once a week for two hours. And, uh, and we talk about 12 of what I feel are the most important leadership topics to women. This is a specifically for women um, presentation or, or a series of presentations. And it's not because we don't like men. It doesn't have anything to do with that at all. It's because women have different issues in the workplace, in the home, and in the community. Leadership Academy is not just for women who have a leadership position at work. It isn't just for women with titles because we're all leaders because we all influence others. We influence people in our homes beginning with, in our communities, in the work, in our churches, in everything that we do, we're influencing people. And and we have a different thought process, as, as we've already discovered, in as far as comparing ourselves to others. Um, one thing that women do in leadership roles particularly is they don't want to hurt people's feelings, so they often don't make decisions or often don't make comments that are really important. We talk about a lot of very important things and how um, – how women can show up with a little bit more confidence in all of those areas of their of her life. And um, as I said, we've just graduated our fourth class. We're beginning a fifth class soon. And um, and it's always small. There's always about 15 women. And that's all we really want it to be because there's a lot of important things that we do and we build tremendous relationships. And um, I was thinking to, to yesterday, I was thinking, well, I do – Leadership Academy after the fifth one, and, you know, I don't know what's going to happen because who knows what the next calling will be, but I can tell you that the 70 or so women that have come through it have just said it's the best thing they've ever done for themselves, and what's really cool is I get to attend it every time too, and so I get to learn and change and develop right along with them. It's, it's just it's awesome, and if I could give anybody some advice, I would say listen to those inner promptings. Um, when you do what you are meant to do, and we are all meant to do very important things. I, I am so grateful that I had the courage to do that because I have to tell you, Carol, it was a scary endeavor to take on. It was the biggest thing I had ever done. It was the most expensive thing I had ever done. And um, it was uh, I was a little shaky at taking some of the steps, and, and I'm so glad that I did. 
I hear wonderful things about it. So Pittsburgh is a buzz with what you're doing, and if anybody that's listening here is from the Pittsburgh area, um, the next thing we're going to do is have Beth give out information on how you can contact her about Leadership Academy, about Pittsburgh professional women, or any question you might have for her that she could possibly help you with. So Beth, how can people contact you? Well, you know, the best way to get in touch with me really is through social media. Carol, you can look for me on Facebook, uh, Beth Caldwell, um, or you can type in Beth Caldwell Pittsburgh on Facebook if we're not connected. On LinkedIn, uh, uh, you can find me under Beth Caldwell. I'm also uh, pretty popular on Twitter and Pinterest. And these are things that I do check every day. Uh, you know, remember the old days when you used to go on the radio and you would give out your email address? Please don't email me. I can hardly keep up with the emails I get. I'm always wondering if I'm ever going to ever, ever, ever going to read them all. Um, but that is the best way to connect with me. And, and of course, you can check out, if you would like to know the workshops that I'm teaching, you can look at pittsburghprofessionalwomen.org. And there is always, uh, uh, on the front page of that website, is always the next workshop I'm teaching. And then there's always a page that you can click on that says Schedule of Events that says, Everything coming up in the next six to eight months, including Leadership Academy, is on there. Okay, so everybody, you know how to get in touch with Beth. Please don't hesitate to do that if you want to join one of her programs um, or ask her about one of her programs. They are excellent, and you will be happy that you did. So, as I said in the beginning of the show, this time flies, Beth. It just goes by so fast. And I end every show with a little bit on gratitude. Um, so I'm going to start with sharing my appreciation and my gratitude today. And today I'm appreciative of good friends. I'm appreciative of all the awesome people I constantly surround myself with. And I appreciate knowing with all of my heart that you and I were born to be a success in anything that we choose to be. Beth, what are you grateful for today? Well, like you, Carol, I have a very, very long list of things that I'm grateful for. But as we had this conversation today, it reminded me to be grateful for listening to life's promptings. And as I want to celebrate your success in podcasting, along with all of the other wonderful, successful things that you've done, I think I'm also grateful for my mentors and other people who take those risks and step out to be, to dare to be a little bit different. Because, you know, when we do that, we give other people permission to do the same thing. We're so influential, each and every one of us. So I'm grateful for having the courage to take some of the chances that I took and, and for people like you who have shown me that that's okay to do and a good thing to do. Well, thank you so much for your compliment. I truly appreciate that. Thank you for being here today with us. Do you have a last tidbit, last tidbit you'd like to add before we say goodbye for the day? Well, you know what? Thanks for asking because I did think of something. You must be too, really tuned in to me. Um, I did want to share that if you go to PittsburghProfessionalWomen.org and you click on Helpful Resources, now, that's a page that very few people look at on my website, Helpful Resources. And 
Um, I, I have a lot of free downloads there, free classes that you can take on how to grow your business. I'll check after we hang up the phone and make sure that uh, there are some resources there for your personal life as well. But um, that's sort of my gift to the world. You know, Carol, for years and years I would get these phone calls. Oh, I'd like to pick your brain. Can I have a phone call with you? Can I take you to coffee? And I have some questions about wanting to write a book. And, oh, I love to talk with people about those kind of things, but it's just not realistic now for me to spend that kind of time. And I – that was a conflict for me, and so I created that web page where there's all kinds of recordings uh, that people can, those things that they would ask me over coffee, and I'm happy to gift those things out. So please check that out, share them with your friends, enjoy them, and, and find those to be helpful to you. Great. Well, thank you so much for being here, Beth. Thank you, listeners, for being here and sharing your valuable time with us. We appreciate you. And so, until next time... It's time to say so long for another day. Remember, you, my friend, are an awesome, wonderful, delightful, caring, fabulous, beautiful, giving, superfine, divine being here on this planet to enjoy your ever-expanding possibilities. Follow your bliss, allow your light to shine, and by doing so, you are automatically giving your best to the world. So until next time, when we will be discussing your unlimited possibilities, namaste.